All right, guys. We've been up for 35 hours now. It's getting kind of hard, but if we fall asleep, Freddie's going to kill us. So we got we got to keep ourselves awake. Yeah. We got to like you can't like you know, you got to keep, keep keep moving, keep I'll tell you. I I had a pot of coffee and I I could crash. I could crash right oh. now. No, Apadaka. No, 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 no. Like like slap uh, your face. Slap your face. Uh, ah, stay stay ah, awake, man. Look, look. Ah, I Look, I, I think I, I think I got something that's gonna help. Okay. All of us okay. stay awake. Okay. All right, so I just take lower my pants here. What the? Oh, how? Why is it always this? Why? why? Okay, and then. <laughs> no, let wait. Just, let me just staple my scrotum to this chair. Oh, no, no, oh my god! No, oh my god! Nick, no, what the? No, 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 no! no. Oh, god! Stop! Why? Why? Oh, oh, all right. It didn't even go all the way in. Oh my! What the? <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna faint. You guys wired? I'm gonna faint. I'm gonna faint. No, Heather, stay with us. Heather, stay with us. No, Heather, Heather, look, Heather. Did she she pass out? She. Oh God, that means she's under the dominion of one Freddy Krueger now. Welcome to Freddy's world. Watch me staple my scrotum to this chair. Wait, so it's happening on both sides? (laughs) It's in a dream world and in a real world. Ah! Why are you guys doing this? Wait, wait, Freddie, are you Nick? Uh, <laughs> it kind of doxed me there. Um, <laughs> we jump over snakes, collect bones, and battle Freddy Krueger in NES action platformer A Nightmare on Elm Street this week on How Did This Get Slayed? <laughs> Welcome to How Did This Get Slayed, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and witchcraftiest horror video games of all time. <laughs> that spooky third W was courtesy of at Damn You Vodka. Send your Halloween theme submission to at Get Played Pod hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Geiger Counter, indicating lethal radiation. I'm Hell Whore and Crammed Corpse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with our, uh, our third host. Mine's gonna seem like it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it like it sucks it. now. Man up a darkness. Hello, everyone. Hey! <laughs> hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge and hello, darkness, my old friend. That's oh. right. <laughs> uh, we're. <laughs> That this is going so good so far. Man. <laughs> this is the show. <laughs> <laughs> Moments before the record, I was like, oh, shit. I, I forgot to re- I come up. I got to come up with a name. Yeah. 
which you could have fooled me because it sounded like you had that one locked and loaded. You were ready well, to go with that. Sounded I think workshop of myself and as a hell whore crammed corpse. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it made it Good easy. God. I was just I just looked at my own picture in Zoom and I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> Hey, we have a spooky uh, uh, kind of bad. I don't know <laughs> exactly how I feel about this game that we're going to discuss this week. But before we get into that, before we discuss into before we descend into gaming hell, rather. Uh, Halloween. To- before we descend into gaming Halloween. <laughs> right. We, we need to spooky up the word hell a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and making it sound like Halloween is 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 the good. Is That's that's perfect. I'm, yeah, I'm that's more perfect. scared. At the thought. Now. Before we descend into gaming Halloween, it is first time to briefly touch on a game we're enjoying by spending 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, tell me when to begin. Begin. So, very spooky. So, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about the legendary, I I say legendary, game Portal, uh, which we all just absolutely loved and, you know, have loved for years. Our guest is giving two big thumbs up. And I mentioned that he'd never played Portal 2. And so I've been playing Portal 2. Wow. Yes. I've been playing Portal 2 for the first time. Our guest was momentarily incensed. We'll talk about this. Um, it just came out at a time where I was like, I, I just did like, you know, I just started a new job, but I just didn't have time for games. I just never went back to it. But it was a 10 out of 10. It's so fucking good. It's it's totally a lot goofier. They're just like straight up Simpsons jokes in here. You know, Stephen Merchant is uh, Wheatley and J.K. Simmons is Cave Johnson, who are the other characters kind of supplement uh, GLaDOS's, you know, VO, um, and uh, it's I like just like the design of all the various because because what I love is that it's they don't give you a new weapon at least as far in as I am about eight hours in, uh, it's all just riffs on the same portal weapon but with new environmental hazards and new mechanics introduced environmentally. It's it's just like it's really fucking a sleek way of doing uh, of. Yes, ending if you will the original premise of the game. They really just grow uh, on time, it. Time, time's Wait. up. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did you say that you aren't finished? Yeah, not finished yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's why well, I'm withholding. I'm not going fu- to. I'm not going ru- to ruin anything for you. I'm excited to finish it. I'm not far off. I'm not far from the finish line. Okay. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad I'm playing it. I'm glad I was motivated to. I'm glad I had a reason to go back to this game. Uh, because I, 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 I clearly missed out. Finally, something positive came from doing the show. <laughs> this is great. Hey, something else positive is this week's guest. Very, very excited to have him. A film critic for The Atlantic and host of the podcast Blank Check with Griffin and David. David Sims is here. Hi, David. Hi. Thank you for having me. How had you never played Portal 2? This is bananas to me. And I'm I sorry. loved Portal One. I loved mm-hmm. Portal One. I just never got. I just never went back to it. I I think it was like it was just timing wise. You know, when it came out, I had just started a new job, and I was just like had less time for games, and it was just like, oh, I want to play that. I even mentioned on the show that I replayed Portal when Portal mm-hmm. Two came out in anticipation of playing Portal Two, and then I didn't actually end up playing it, which is insane. It was a bad decision, but again, I'm glad ten years later I finally got to it. Great game. It's a it's a top ten game for me. I, I've wow. played it so many times. It wow. makes me very happy. Is that a crazy yeah. opinion? I have no idea. No, I don't think I, so. I mean, it's not in my top 10, but I also don't think it's a crazy opinion. I think my opinions are I'll crazy. That. <laughs> well, We're all crazy. I, I just... Uh, the it's I guess it's right. The inventiveness within the limitations. Like without, yes. you know, just... 
completely upending the game and, you know, having the protagonist speak and right. Giving you lots of weapons and having different, I don't know, like, yeah. And just, it's a, it's a very, I think it's a beautifully scripted game. It's very, it's very sad. It's very special. It's very funny. Like you I don't know. I don't want to spoil it either. So I don't want to say anymore. No, but I, I'm, I'm far, I'm far enough in where like, you know, I've, I've experienced like a lot of how much the world of aperture, you know, the, the aperture labs, it kind of expands and just seeing like kind of I was not expecting all the retro futurism that exists in the mm-hmm. game. I certainly knew that J.K. Simmons, you know, and, and Stephen Merchant were in it, but I didn't know. I thought it was all I didn't realize we we're going to sort of see learn the history of this company and some of the history of the player character as well. Uh, yeah, it's really it's really well done. And it's also like it, it uses a light touch with all that. Yes. You know, and, and yet the J.K. Simmons character, it's perfect satire of very funny uh, America, but also, you know, kind of a video game creation, I feel like a little bit. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I, it, I, he he's very, very funny. It's his, great. His it's rants. delightful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your you mentioned Portal 2 is in your top 10. Oh, like mm. what? Because I know you are a gamer. You're a big time gamer. The two of us will, will talk about games here and there. Uh, did, what what else would what are some other things that would throw in there? You don't have to give all 10, but just to give us a sense of your, know, it's your personal preferences. A, well, like my sort of touchstone games, they're very boring. It's like Civilization 2. It's hell yeah. You know, Super Mario World. We talk about Super Mario World a lot. That's my oh, yeah. pinnacle game in that. Wow. Whatever franchise. Yes. You know, in that series. It uh, Deus Ex, the the original mm. Deus Ex, the 2001 right. Deus Ex. That's uh, that is sort of my like favorite game of all time. Uh, and I play it like every year, which is a slightly wow. embarrassing opinion because it's sort of a janky game with a lot of problems, but. It's that that kind of like sort of pre 9-11, it's 2000, not 2001, uh, conspiracy fueled, like sort of end of history nonsense, like that's like baked into the plot where people are quoting Thomas Aquinas at you and, you know, like just the weird sort of loopy uh, it, uh, what's the word right. I'm looking for here? You know, like I, I just, I, have you guys ever played Deus Ex original Deus Ex? No, I can't. no, have I've never back played for Deus Ex. If you, if you ever, ever, ever want to do Deus Ex, it's a, it's a long game. I, I'd love to play it. I know, I because you know, it's it's kind of one of the progenitors of the sort of immersive sin, uh, immersive sim rather uh, genre, and Absolutely. like it's. It's uh, I I played the System Shock franchise, which I, I believe also very close to my heart. Yes, yes. Which, which I believe Warren Spector also worked on. Yes, um, so yes. like, yeah, I'm I'm certainly and, and I'm certainly familiar with this lineage. Yes, and Thief, yeah. Those were all games that when I was 14 years old, like PC games. Me and my best friend Ollie, shout out Ollie, would just sit in a dark room the curtains drawn playing one of us playing one of us sitting next to uh, the player just sort of having a lot of fun not really going outside it's you know very very special memories all three of the games you just yeah that's that's so many of my my favorite times as a kid was just like either playing video games alone or with friends which Mm -hmm. is just i guess you know it kind of informs the adult you turn into but i but it just like i i had a similar sort of thing with my older brother nate um is that he, you know, I like very often a lot of my early gaming would be just like watching him play. And Matt, I know that was kind of your experience with your uncle. Yeah, yeah. Just like not really knowing what he was doing or how to do it, but being entertained, just being like, wow, mm-hmm. like, like not understanding anything I'm hearing about Metal Gear, but knowing that I can't stop 
watching it. And now my yeah. experience playing Metal Gear is still not really understanding what I'm hearing, <laughs> but 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 enjoying it on my own. Um, is the, uh, the there's something you mentioned, and 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 I think uh, maybe this is something that Heather will will have a take on in a recent episode of Blank Check. You were talking about, and I believe it's the Sega World Store, but maybe it was maybe it has a different name. There's there's a there's a mall fixture at some point. There's a Sega specific store. Sega uh, World. It was, it was Se- called it was Sega, Sega World. World. Okay. Yes. It was in the Trocadero, which is a, a a fancy old building in London. I grew up in London. No one's making fun of me. Okay, that's great. What? Make fun of me when I said it on my podcast. Okay, thank yeah. you. Nick. Uh, What's yeah, all this I, then? <laughs> it was. I believe it was operational for three years, ninety six to ninety nine. It was like basically just a big arcade, but it was Sega themed, and right. it was a classic like. My dad being like, all right, the two of us, we're going to go to the Rainforest Cafe, then we're going to Sega World, and then we're going to see a movie, and that'll be like a sort of, you know, boys day out right. on a Saturday or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, you know, we're gonna, we'll are gonna go see like Tomorrow Never Dies or whatever, whatever the sort of hot movie was that weekend. And also very fond memories, even though it, for, I feel for my dad because... In my memory, like it must have been pure hell. Sega World, the Raincart Forest Cafe, and the movie was fine, mm-hmm. but Sega yeah. World was just this dark, windowless, you know, blaring place with like you know lights flashing everywhere, and just I, I have no idea what he got out of that. I, so I have seen pictures of Sega World my whole life, and I have mm-hmm. never met a human being who's been inside it. It looks like a Blade Runner airplane terminal. Like it is yes. tubes of neon. Yes, and tubes. Very like, tube centric. Yes. Yeah, very tube. <laughs> it's a tube, tubey place. Um, I had always thought it was like a branch of GameWorks, which was the GameWorks SKG was the DreamWorks game place in uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that they were unrelated because they had sort of a same visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, I l- looking it up again, I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I remember seeing photos of this place when I was like, I can't believe you were in this place. And also that you described it as a, a bummer, as a as a windowless. <laughs> oh, I, I loved it. I mean, to be clear, I, I was happy. I just if, I just feel for my dad. That's all. <laughs> if my uh, if my girlfriend was as abnormal as I am. Uh, or as atypical, what's whatever the, there is no normal. If she, if she liked dumb shit as much as I like dumb shit, this is what our house would look like. Like it would be. (laughs) You would go up an escalator surrounded by neon rings. I assume would be the first thing, right? Yeah. You'd, 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 the toilets would be hot pink and, and, and ice cold for no reason. Uh, I would, I would love it. Um, I mean, yeah. I think Sega World was a disaster. I'm now, I'm now looking at the Wikipedia page for Sega World. I think it was a financial. Yes. It was sort of in that rough period, right? The sort of Sega, Sega Saturn era of Sega, right, where they were having a lot of uh, mistakes or whatever, like financial problems. Yeah, oh not, a, not a. I, I wish it was a better run. I wish Sega overall was a better run company because they have it done was, so much cool shit. But it was only open for three years. Exactly. Yeah. It opened on 7 September 1996 and then closed on 7 September 1999, which means it didn't make it to the launch of the Dreamcast. 
Right. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I think that I think different locations had you know short had different runs. Some of them were open for very short uh, for a very short amount of time. I believe the Sega World London one, at least if this entry is to be trusted, was open in some form until the two thousands. But yeah, it, like it, it it you know when you mentioned it, I was like, wait, do we, we never had we had like World of Nintendo. We had various Nintendo theme stores in our malls, and then I didn't even make the connection that it was oh this was something that was only in Europe. And if you look at it, the the areas it was in, it was it's really just Japan and. And Asia and uh, and you know the UK and Australia, the, where there were actual Sega worlds. As of as of this record, there was actually a kind of a really sad Sega closing uh, this week, which was of the uh, big red Sega arcade in Akihabara in Tokyo, uh, which has been featured in video games. Like it is a famous arcade location. Wow! Uh, and they they had to. I mean. Who, how would you survive a pandemic as an arcade? Like th- right. they've got it worse than movies because at least in movies, you don't have to touch anything. Uh, and a huge crowd of people gathered outside, like enormous crowd of people gathered to say goodbye to the Sega Arcade in Akihabara. It was um, really touching. Yeah, I mean, arcades are so cool. I, I do, you know, now nowadays it feels like you've like, yeah, the barcade persists and then you'll sure. there's certainly like the your your big old, you know, the uh, the chain restaurant equivalent, the Dave and Busters of the world. But it's really not the same experience as like the the either the. I don't know. For me, it was always like the grimy local arcade, you know, and like that that kind of had its own appeal. It was the grimy local arcade. I used to go to, a, a, to I'm just shouting out random London locations now, a place called Rowan's, which still stands, which was like a bowling alley that had a big arcade attached to it. And, we, you know, in that like ages between like 12 and 15, yeah. when like I was allowed to go out independently, but like the, there wasn't like a ton that I could do. That was the place to, you know, you could mm-hmm. sort of be an independent right. teen there, you know, because like I wasn't you know, yet trying to party particularly hard. I was really just <laughs> happy to play Street Fighter and bowl. And I would order some or something called the combo platter, which I believe was chicken nuggets, fries and onion rings, just like piled in a bowl. And yes. I would just eat that and feel great. Also, I, w- I was I was mistaken. I need to correct myself before I before the this goes on. It was not in Akihabara. It was in Ikebukuro. Uh, the Akihabara one closed last year. The one mm. that closed this week was Ikebukuro. So they're both uh, closed. So it's worse. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like we're, we're celebrating Sega. Like, you know, when, right. that doesn't happen anymore. Just like it's very pinnacle of the 90s thing, right? Where it's like we've all come to, to celebrate Sega. I guess we still might celebrate Nintendo, but that's about it. Did, were you so? I mean, you mentioned your connection to, to Sega mm. World, but were you like? Did you were you just playing PC games? Did you have any consoles at home? My console history. Uh, so my my mother was very against me owning a console that connected to the television. I think she just when I was a little kid was it disturbed her. I don't know. It was too much. Right. She could not handle the concept. So for some reason, she decided that I could own a Sega Game Gear. Uh, which was the first console I ever bought. I think she talked herself into it because it was like backlit mm-hmm. and guess she thought it would be less hard on my eyes. Although the, the Game Gear, uh, I, I love it, but it's 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 a little hard on the eyes. It's not a huge <laughs> screen. Right. Um, so that was, I would play that devotedly. I would just plug it into the wall and, you know, that was my console um, until I was 
I don't know, probably like 11 or so years old, I saved up my allowance and bought a Super Nintendo used. I -hmm. bought like one generation back because I could not afford a, you know, new console. And I came home with it. My mom was like, you're not allowed that. And my dad was like, it's over. Like, this kid (laughs) saved this. He saved his money for like 20 weeks or something so he could buy like a $35, you know, like it's over. You got it. He won. And that that was it. That broke the duck. After that, like she bought my brother, you know, a GameCube or what, you know what I mean? Like I had, I just had to sort of uh, break in the concept of like, look, whatever, like, you know, it's okay. All I'm going to do is rot my brain with this, you know, six hours a day. (laughs) But, but so, yeah, so I was, I was mostly a Nintendo boy. But I had a Game Gear, so that that always had my foot was always a little bit in the in the Sega world because of that, right? Uh, and I like PC games too. I was I'm a, I was a dork. I was a big dork. Played video games all the time. I just want to give a shout out to how smoothly you dismissed an incredible injustice in your life, which was your brother <laughs> getting fucking consoles Heather. after you had been denied them. Your whole life. I'm angry on your behalf. I'm I, angry I, I, for all the big brothers out there. I had to work through that long ago. But I mean, I remember <laughs> the day he got a Wii the day it came out. Like, he got, he ha- wow. You know, like, you know, like, and I remember coming by then I was in college. I think I was like 19 when the Wii came out. And I remember coming home and being like, mostly like, oh, let me try this thing. Like, you, you know, you move it around and it works. Like, you know, I do, if you guys remember, like that was genuinely kind of magical to watch that happen. Yeah. But yes. And then there was the side of me like, so she just, she like went to the store and pre-ordered this. Like she made the <laughs> yeah. effort, you know, like it's not just like she, you know, picked it up. Like she actually like thought, ahead. okay, all right. Ugh. Okay, fine. Well, I saved $2 a week for two pounds a week for, for a Super Nintendo. <laughs> This, anyway, I'm, I'm just I'll be I'll be grumpy for the next 20 minutes thinking about this for you. <laughs> but I also want to say that I also had a Game Gear uh, and Hell yeah. it was it, it unlike the it Game Boy, games. which was which was uh, you still have it. Are you about to put it in? a? Oh, my God. No, He's going to bring it in a frame. Games. My games. Oh, are right yeah. Here. I, wow. I do have the Game Gear, but it's in pretty crappy condition at this point. I bought one mm. of those. Uh, what are they called? Analog the, the pocket. But uh-huh. it hasn't come yes. out, you know, it hasn't come out yet. So, yes, well, well I'm very excited for it because you can play Can't Game Gear games on it. Oh, man, I'm all I'm going to all I want to do is play Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which I think I've talked about on this podcast for <laughs> two years. Mm-hmm. Is like as soon as I get it, I'm going to finish this game that I have never finished. But back to the Game Gear. Yes. For those of you who didn't have a Game Gear, the Game Boy was like an angular like brick you know, it was like holding like a little, like a, like a thick tablet. The Game Gear was round like a shoe. Like it was like a soft edged, thick, all, like, like swollen feeling little mm-hmm. machine that sucked down batteries so fast. Like you could, if I was going on a car ride with my parents, it could not last the car ride. Like there was just <laughs> no. no way to do it. And it was and it a was lot of batteries. So heavy because you had six AAA batteries in it. You were like, you know, yeah. it was not easy in the arms. Like it did not no. sit easy. And, and uh, I'm sure you experienced this, although maybe not because fucking London had Sega World. I should have just moved there and abandoned my home. Uh, <laughs> is, is One the, ticket to Sega World, please. I would like, hello, I'd like to go home, please. No, no. Uh, but but 
there was nobody to talk to about Game Gear games. Nobody. Like, nobody, nobody I knew had a fucking Game Gear. I, this is a, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I mean, this is not an embarrassing story. It's just ridiculous. I put an ad in, like, my um, elementary school, I guess on the bulletin board or something, being like, if anyone has any Game Gear games... They want to like, you know, trade or sell me or just like, please. And then I remember finally someone called me and was like, yeah, I have Sonic Triple Trouble. You want it? And I was like, yeah, I want it. You kidding me? I like bought it off it for 10 bucks. And like, but that was the only, like, it was, it was like I had to send out like a signal and, and like one person of hundreds answered. It was, and you would go to the store you know, looking for Game Gear games and they'd be like, Game Gear? Uh, yeah, I guess we have a few. I don't know. You know, like it was not a thing where it was ever easy to. And anyway, I mean, I did love my Game Gear. Did, is, Heather, did you play Sonic 2? You know, the the, the yes, Master I, System port. I played was, Sonic 2. I played Columns. I played Mortal Kombat on the Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat on the Game Gear was my primary Mortal Kombat experience mm-hmm. until... I, uh, I got it for Sega CD where it would load like in between every fatality and was just <laughs> awful, awful trash. Yeah, um, I, I was very yeah. into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, fighting game, which I believe oh, yeah. is good. Yeah, uh, it is. I, I think I was right at the time to love it. But I just remember <laughs> Sonic 2. I, I was so difficult. And now, of course, it's this thing where like now I'm a grown up and I can like Google it. And read that, like, yeah, that game made no sense for the Game Gear because the Game Gear had a square, tiny s- screen, right. and it couldn't fit the game in. And so the game was so hard because you were like doing blind jumps all the time, and you know the boss, you, you bosses were more difficult because it just literally, and they just they just let poor seven year old David try and figure that out. It was you know, it was a very punishing experience often, but I, I loved it. Uh, I the love screen it. was was one sixty by one forty four. So it was it was just a tiny little thing um, in terms of pixels. And uh, it be, yes, it'd be funny to emulate at real resolution on a 4K screen. <laughs> just, just a Game a Gear tiny. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we should pivot to this week's game. Um, uh, but before we get into that, I, I am curious that you you brought up something pertaining to this uh david and actually your background on zoom right now uh reflects this sequence that in freddy's dead which is a nightmare on elm street film i have not seen Mm -hmm. there is a freddy plays video games and uses that uh to malicious ends scene (laughs) um can you talk us through that the character uh who is under threat in this scene is played by brecken meyer a very young brecken meyer um, who is a stoner who likes video games. And at this point, all of the Freddy kills in those movies are these sort of like weird, ironic, like, oh, the kid dies doing what he loves. So, you know, like this right. sort of weird, like they're not even trying to punish them anymore. Um, but I recommend you guys, anyone listening as well, just Google the scene. It is bananas because it's sort of cutting between Freddy playing a Nintendo and sort of moving Breckenmeyer around. And then in real life, the sleeping Breckenmeyer is like bouncing around the room while his friends are like, oh no, you have to wake up. Like, ah, like, you know, the tra- <laughs> and, and it is rendered in such a baffling, it doesn't, it's clearly like people who have not played video games being like, what's a video game? They kind of bounce around on platforms, right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> right. do that. You know, like it has this like very lazy, approach 
but you're constantly cutting to Freddy with his feet up. Uh, at one point, he drops a power glove reference. So clearly they knew what the power glove was, or at least, you know, they asked around if there was anything they could do with gloves. It's uh, in the Freddy wizard, a baby. famous glove. Right. Right. And and, uh, you know, he eventually like knocks him down the stairs and that's how he dies. It's pretty lame. Um, I think he he probably says game over. I can't remember. But the most yeah. baffling uh, yeah. bit of information to me about this is that somehow Freddy is piped into what's going on and knows what a power glove is? Who's telling Freddy? Like, like is he reading a Nintendo Power? Like, how does right. he get this information? Like, that doesn't make Look, sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Freddy's <laughs> supposed to be a creepy janitor who, like, abducts children. He's uh. not supposed to be up on, right, like, whatever the latest trends are. He's supposed to be dead as well you know like he lives only yeah. in dreams but yeah apparently he knows about the power glove i don't know it's a it's it's the worst freddy movie the sixth freddy i'm Freddy's gonna be death. upset for the next 20 minutes an admission to make before we dive yes. into the game which is that Please. i have never seen a single nightmare on elm street movie wow. not F- one not what? one and my knowledge of the freddy krueger pantheon is based on rick and morty's parody of it <laughs> and that's about it so hmm. i had the opportunity i was like okay i could either watch a nightmare on elm street and play this game or I could make assumptions about the movie based on what the game tells me. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the game is not a great informant because it's not <laughs> no. based on A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's based on the whole, the total, like the, the, fil- the franchise yes. of Nightmare yes. on Elm Street. It doesn't tell you a story and it's fucking crazy. It, so this guy, so a Nightmare on Elm Street comes out in 1990. At this point, five Freddy movies have been released. <laughs> so, so it's this is in between a Nightmare on Elm Street five and uh, the the film that that uh, that Sims mentioned, Freddy's Dead. That that's when this game releases. So yeah, it's it's got a lot of established lore at this point, and also Freddy has kind of turned into hmm. he 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 starts off a little bit more menacing, and then eventually kind of turns into to the self. Uh, self-parody of himself. He, he goes the Godzilla route, you know, where it's yeah. like, oh my God, what a nightmare on Elm Street this guy is. <laughs> and then by the end, he's like hanging out with Mothra and like doing high fives with his baby son. That's what I'm <laughs> right. going to say. Should, should, I, should I jump into a Let's little bit of background it. on this game? Okay, so as uh, Nick mentioned, A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, was released in 1990 uh, in both uh, North America and the EU. Uh, It is loosely based on the franchise. Um, Other video games in 1990 included F-Zero, Super Mario World, Metal Gear Solid 2, Solid Snake, Final Fantasy 3, and Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which I only say is because the animation in that game was so incredible that I thought I was watching a cartoon when I was a kid. Anyway, uh, it is a four-player game. If you had the four-player multi-tap for the NES, I don't 
I didn't do any research into whether all four characters are on screen at the same time. I can't imagine that the Nintendo was capable of that. So I assume you switch between characters. Uh, you take on the role of a teen uh, and you um, collect what I thought were wrenches, but it turns <laughs> out were bones. They're bones. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I thought I was like, oh, I got to fix something. Like this, like you clear, and you have to collect them all because these are the bones of Freddy, and you have to throw them in an incinerator in order right. to beat him at the end of the game. Which I'm only going to assume was also the plot of the movie that a teenager <laughs> collects the bones and puts them in a fire. Uh, <laughs> it's a Castlevania style side scrolling adventure game. With a really, really, really remarkable and brand new um, power meter, which is your sleep meter. And your sleep meter drains. And when it goes all the way to zero, uh, you enter the dream world in like a Wayne's World-esque, for those of you, 90s, Wayne's World-esque. Uh, you enter the dream world where Freddy's powers are stronger and your powers are weaker until you collect power-ups that allow you to transform into a ninja, a wizard, and hold on, what was the other one? Uh, it's it's a it's the ninjas of the shadow warrior, and the wizard yeah. is the necromancer, and the third one is the acrobat. Right, which I know because I have the um, uh, instruction manual open. But uh, if you're playing this game without the instruction manual, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> right. Why? But this is the era. Yeah. Why? But this is the era where you where you get this context from manuals. You so know, let that's, me, that's the only way to know. So let me get this straight. In Nightmare mm -hmm. on Elm Street, they're like they're collecting bones in the real world to burn Freddy, who's haunting them in their dreams. And then they realize that they can take on the powers of Freddy, like dream powers and be like sort of lucid dream their way to attack him. So they take up, they, they, they will become a Dungeons and Dragons characters in order to assault him. So I, I, unlike you, did watch the movie this week because I had never seen it before. And Heather, wow. what if I told you bones aren't even part of it? <laughs> 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 so <laughs> It's like they're like they're, wait they're, really wait, they don't like collect his bones and burn them. I would say the only bones in the movie are within the bodies of the people. <laughs> they are right, and they are there, and they're That's, there. Yeah, they don't always assume. tell you that, but they are it's there. Implied. Every movie has bones in it. I should say. That seems like such a plausible plot point that I was sure that my later jokes about the the streets being full of snakes and bats and rocks falling from the sky were going to land a little harder. Because because the bones bit was just straight <laughs> from the movie. Yeah. No, no yeah. this is huge, li huge liberties with the franchise. Although I will say, <laughs> uh, you know, cause, cause especially early on in the game, it's like, you don't, you don't want to fall asleep. I honestly, even when you get powered up, you like, you don't really want to fall asleep. The enemies are more aggro. They're more durable. It's like harder. They're scarier um, and, looking. 
Yeah, and and that that does tie in with the film. Like the films, yeah. it's like no one wants to fall asleep because they're terrified of what will happen. And right. then also the the it, it it's it feels like it's very often you know like the the resolution of it is we have to go into our dreams and beat Freddy at his own game, which is kind of what you end up doing in the boss fights as well. It's like where I, I, we go into our dreams and we uh, and we we take advantage of the dream world to to beat to to finally you know take out this killer um i i i should uh, we should say real quick that this was developed by you know because this has a pretty innovative mechanic it's developed by rare rare it was developed yeah. by rare like I rare done to learn rare. this yes rare <laughs> rare like, rare developed it and published and uh, ljn published it ljn published a lot of various uh of uh, of games we've covered on this podcast honestly mostly licensed games of varying quality in the nes and game boy era is LJN the one with the rainbow logo? With the rainbow, yeah. They're a toy yes, company right. that started making games, and then they basically all, they made so much garbage, like, you know, Jaws and the Karate Kid, and then also, like, the Friday the 13th game, which we were all right with, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which sucks. It's, it's, it's yeah, that was this was their bread and butter, these kind of licensed games, and they just churned them out. Yeah. There are a couple of details in this game that I would like to highlight. One is that because you don't want to fall asleep, you got to f- drink coffee. That's yes. fucking rad. I don't know if I that's in the movies, but like talk about a great video game mechanic. Your health is draining the entire time, crank style, and you just you have to get more <laughs> crank in order to keep going. The other is I don't know that I've ever seen this in a game. When you die, you become an angel. Right. And you fly to heaven. <laughs> and then you're right back. It's great. With- <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very sweet. It <laughs> so you guys are all Nightmare on Elm Street pros. Can I ask, does anybody mm-hmm. in these movies ever, I mean, is that, first off, is the necromancer ninja shit, is that in <laughs> any of them? K- kind of, I will okay. say. Because okay. I feel like not so much in the first one, but in the later ones, there will often be sequences where the kids kind of take on each other's interests mm. and use them to fight Freddy. So yeah, there's like a kid who does like ninja stuff to Freddy uh, or what, you know, like that there, there, there's right. things like that that will happen. It, it's not quite as clean, but you know, it's a little inspired, I guess. So, right? yeah. So does it's anybody sort of the dream warriors era of nightmare on Elm street? Yeah. Right. Yes. That's one of the movies. Right. Dream warriors. Dream um, Warriors. There's a song. It's, it's a good song. That's awesome. I, we yeah. need to play it right now. Yeah, we need to we play should. that it's song good. right now. Unplanned, unprompted. Apodaca is going to look it up. While I point out that if I was in this situation, I would dream that I was Freddy so that I could beat him. Oh, Like wow. that would be my first tactic would be like, well, I'll become Freddy because he's not going to be able to kill himself. Right. Mm. It'd be an equal match. Mm, yeah, I, I I think that would really he he'd be caught off guard by that. I don't think he'd know quite how to handle it. What's he uh, sound like? Is he like, hey, I'm Freddy Krueger? I mean, honestly, kind of, actually, kind of. that's that's spot on. Yeah, kind of nailed it. Exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, Freddy. Unlike you know Jason or Michael Myers, he he's a ham. He talks. Yes, he, he likes right. to make even before he becomes very gag heavy. He you know, he converses. He's got things to say to you while he's trying to chase you around with his, that, with his glove. 
that was sort of my observation about watching the movie for the first time was you have like Jason or Michael Myers who sort of just like lumber around and their presence is intimidating because they're so slow and like they don't really say anything. Uh, They don't say anything at all. And then Freddy is like, (laughs) like chasing you and stuff. And it's like, that's not, he's not that scary. I mean, getting killed is scary no matter what, but uh, he comparatively he's goofy. He's kind of a cartoon and and they lean into that more and more. And, you know, there's very often like some sort of pun related to, you know, whatever, whatever ironic punishment he's dishing out to a teen. So like if it's like uh, a kid, like a kid, like is a waiter. And so and then he punishes him by putting him in like a like a diner from hell and he has to eat blades or something like that. And he's (laughs) like, uh Dine and slash, bitch. You know, he's got something <laughs> he like, to punctuate. He likes to it. say bitch. He, says he does bitch like to say bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, have the, I have the song real quick. Here we oh, go. Yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah. Appa Doc has brought up the music video for this song, and it looks like somebody is constructing a ransom note in 3D. <laughs> Cutting up magazines well, have, and building Have a you seen Nightmare 3? It's my personal favorite. Patricia Arquette, there she is, yeah. the star. I've seen I've seen three I've seen all of them through I I, I the, the, I've seen 1 through 5. Yes, those are the good ones. That's you yeah. did fine. You don't need to see the rest. Well, New Nightmare is is the other good one. That's, that's Yeah, I never saw separate. I never saw New Nightmare. Right. This People is like good that. already. It's so good. New Nightmare was written by uh, one of the writers on Mary's show Monsterland on Hulu. Wow. On Hulu. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this this song's a banger, clearly. And you know what else I kind of liked? You know, we mentioned this game was developed by Rare. Um, Music. And uh, it's, it's got an early David Wise score. David Wise, who later famously composed for the Donkey Kong Country series, uh, did the music for this game. And... It's it's got you know those the uh, I, I think let's play the let's play the overworld theme what 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 uh, what plays when you're out about the street wandering between the various houses. So Koji Kondo, uh, the legendary Nintendo composer, had a had an interview where he said that when he's he's composing for games, he'll very often take his track and then just have it playing on the background for like an hour, and like while he's doing something else, and see if he gets sick of it. And I, I and I, that's I mean like I think that's the case with this one. It's just like it's like a it's like a relatively short loop. You know, it's like whatever, uh, you know, 16 or 32 bars. Um, but it's so like I, I never got tired of it. And it reached a point where I was like, oh, God, this is fucking annoying. I think it's a nice little ditty. Yeah, it's 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 rules. It's a pretty smooth jam. Also, this will yeah. be my second correction of the episode. Wesley mm-hmm. Strick did not write a new nightmare. He wrote a nightmare on Elm Street. The uh, Wow. Oh, uh, the, right, the, remake? the remake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. The the uh, uh, I was I was just gonna say you know yeah there's yeah there's a little music when you go inside the there's different music when you're inside the houses or the junkyard or what have you there's different you know boss music so there's there's some there's some cool tracks in this game. Um, I, I was also going to say regarding rare 
And this is, I'll, I'll, I'll put this question to the floor. So here's, here it is. Including A Nightmare on Elm Street, this game, how many rare developed games were released in the year 1990? So Nightmare on Elm Street comes out in 1990. How many rare? How many other rare developed games or rare developed games total came out in this year? What an We're interesting just question. To guess. Yeah, anyone take a guess. Four. Heather says four. Three. Three from Sims. I'm gonna say eight. Matt He's... wins it by coming closest without going over. The correct answer is 18. Oh my rare, god. <laughs> rare developed 18 games that were released in 1990. Uh, in addition to Nightmare on Elm Street, they released a, a, a few different ports, a, a bunch of different NES games, um, including Snake Rattle and Roll, which I had for the Nintendo. It's actually a pretty good little game. Uh, Solar Jetman, which a lot of people like. You know, they had the the home editions of Double Dare and Jeopardy. Uh, they also made they they ported Arch Rivals. Um, and uh, and Narc two arcade games to NES, and then they they released a couple of Game Boy games. So they were just churning them out, and that that any of these were able to be were at any level of quality at all is just like it's I don't know it's really something. They were just kind of a factory of of you know just making as much like like they just had all these projects they were just churning out, and then some of them were actually pretty decently playable. I mean, I guess we should talk about how this game actually plays because I think it's not bad. Right. It's yeah. like it's a little the controls a little stiff, um, but it's it's OK. Yeah, I mean, I, I messed around with it for a little bit and then, then you know, couldn't finish it because it's it, it. I couldn't finish it because it sucks. Like it's like it's not like it's good. <laughs> right. But like uh, it's it, it, it's it, it is playable. Like it's it's for, for the time I, it would be a very playable game, I think. And. You know that that dream mechanic is good, like that cool. is an interesting enough thing to be like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta, I gotta find a coffee to wake up. That is in its of itself, like a, a reason to play the game. That that is like a, a really killer me- mechanic, I think. And then the power ups are cool. Freddy, I will say, when you get to Freddy, or you know, when Freddy comes to you, I guess, because you know, one mm. two, he's gonna get you. Um, That's true. He he's very easy. I, n- I never was like, I was always just like, I was more bothered by Freddy, <laughs> his presence. I'm like, just enough yeah. of this. I, uh, I I don't have time for you, Freddy. I, I got other things to be doing here. Well, it depends on which form of Freddy you're fighting, because there's yeah. different. There's there's like Freddy is the man and there's also Freddy kind of, you know, ter- like his his uh, in various kind of like um, big hand. Like, yeah, exactly. Big hand. They're they're they're, they're various body parts of. Uh, of Freddy that you uh, have to focus yeah. on. Like Freddy, the chain of balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I am going to assume, having not seen the movie, was how he appeared the first time <laughs> any of the kids saw him, is that he was a long chain of balls with a hand. <laughs> <laughs> His scary, scary hand. The truth guy. is, the truth is, that's so unsettling if you were to see it in the real world that you'd be like this sucks this is terrifying <laughs> whereas at least if you it's a human man in a hat you're like okay well like at least i have context for what i'm looking at right. whereas the yeah. other like a set of like balls that came out of the wall with a hand attached you'd be like uh, oh i'm dealing with something that doesn't even work on like the the the, yeah. re, the reasonable expectations of the world. <laughs> to to that point too, though, Heather, and not to go back to the movie too much, but 
I was surprised that the very first thing you see in the movie is he- is Freddie making his scary glove. And to me, that's not as scary. He was like, he had this idea. He was like, I better, I got to go get some leather and some knives real quick. I got this thing. This thing's going to be crazy. Like just the right. idea that he had the idea for it. That's less scary to me than if it was just his hand. It's the problem with Freddy in the later movie. As as his bits get more elaborate, you start yeah. thinking about how much time he put into the bits and less <laughs> yes. about how much he loves to murder children, which yeah, is supposed to be right scary guy. about it. Yes. <laughs> I found this game... F- it's playable. It, 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 I guess it has... It's that early rare thing, sure, I get, where it's like there's ambition that you admire, but then the game itself is a little... You know, it it can't, you know, match the ambition and right. you're kind of pl- plotting around this sort of, you know, annoying series of screens. And you're like, oh, fuck, I got to go back to that house over there. OK, you know, snake, 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 bat. Right. You know? and, and like, you know, and it get, but yeah, I, I, I didn't I ex- I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't know that if this was like a famous bomb or anything, was it? I, I, I don't I still don't really know. Some people don't love it. Um, it's uh, it, it it certainly has been gotten a lot of criticism for being very difficult, which, you know, it has some some stretches that are very difficult. Like what you talked about is like, yeah, it is a little bit nonlinear in terms of, you know, it's randomized which houses are open in which order. So you've got to kind of just like roam the over the overworld until you find uh, which is a single street. Uh, you, you've got to walk up and down the street until you find which house is open and then you go inside and you explore and you collect the bones. Um, but there's not a lot of like, <laughs> there's nothing in the game that's sort of telling you like, oh, I just got this key. I need to go to the cemetery, you know, like, right. You just kind of got to trial and error it. Right. That's all I was doing. Yeah. The, yeah. It's a, a lot of that context is in the game manual, which if you're a kid, you're just not reading. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, you're just figuring it out by trial and error. The, the, the Friday the 13th game. Also, similarly, also had you go going all over, back and forth, and yes. all that stuff. But I mm. felt like that game, even though it, that game is decidedly worse, I think, uh, if I had to compare the two. But it had it, it, it in my memory, it was a little more like, "Hey, go do this." Sort of like it, it gave you a little more direction, I think. Yeah, similarly, you had to like retrieve various. I, I think it actually even just tells you at some point, like you yeah. need a torch or you need to go get Jason's mask or whatever the fuck you're retrieving in that game from yeah. the various cabins. Um, it's also, but it's also that a game is also way more complicated. I think yes. without that, that it would be unplayable because it's 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 very confusing. But also like a similarly like kind of game that you know had a day night cycle. It was a yeah. kind of an kind of an ambitious attempt to do something interesting with this with this franchise right. when so many of these licensed games were just kind of you know just cheaply made and and cashed in on the brand. Um, it's it's funny yeah. the things that you celebrate from this time that were ambitious. And right. like the amount of ambition that would have to be dumped into a game now for you to say this was an ambitious mechanic, like yeah. right. a day night cycle in an NES game. And you're like, holy shit, these guys went all out <laughs> or like a sleep meter that changes the backgrounds of the of the levels. You're like, fucking a man, these guys also apparently the the multiplayer was on screen. If you had two players, they were on screen simultaneously. That's wow. Yes. Incredible. That that's that's I mean, yes, Mario Brothers has two people on the screen at the same time or or I'm sure that Street Fighter was also ported like all that stuff has. But yeah. still you're like 
the assumption you make is that this is mechanically challenging. I feel like now in order for a game to be considered ambitious, it would have to be like, especially since a game like No Man's Sky, you fly to procedurally generated anywhere in the galaxy. Like you have to be like, this game reads your mind and then recreates your childhood based, <laughs> right. based on what it scans in your retinas. Then we'd be like, holy shit, it's a day-night cycle. Like, yeah. like the same, that same sort of enthusiasm. This game smells like your mother somehow. It, it pipes yeah. it out at you. <laughs> I, but the day-night day thing is cool, but then... Right. I wanted night to be freakier. And instead, it's just kind of a little more annoying. It's it's more, you know, I what if we're like upside down, right? Like, or I right. don't know. When like, you're in the dream world. Yeah. 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 I, and so, but I, yes, that that was the thing. I couldn't really uh, deny the ambit. It's a 1990 game, so I couldn't get too yeah. mad, I guess. Yeah. Can I ask another question of the movie based on a mechanic from this game? Yeah, of course. When people, so people are trying to stay awake because they don't want to fight Freddy. In this game, it implies that all of a sudden you'll just pass out in the street. Is that something that happens in? Well, if you're tired. Because like you're walking and then they fall. Yeah, they fall asleep. What was that, David? Well, if you're super tired, I guess there's the thing in the the movie where they're really trying to stay up and they're like, oh, you know, they're nodding off. Is that that's about as close? Yeah, that's. I'm 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 remembering like them like you know putting cigarettes out on their on their forearms oh to try God. to stay awake. What? It's like yeah, because they're so because if you if you fall asleep you die. So those are the stakes. If I fall asleep, Freddie is going to kill me um, in some sort of ironic way that ties into my personality, and so I want to avoid that at all costs. So so yeah, I mean like there there is a lot of just like. Trying to in, trying to stay awake for as long as possible, and then and then I you know people will just like fall asleep and not realize they're asleep at first. I know it's not going to make any sense because we've already done the opening, but it was at this point in the podcast that I came up with the pitch for the opening. <laughs> okay, great, good to know. <laughs> Update the Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, I have mixed feelings on this game overall, but uh, I, I guess it's just like I, I, it's one of those things where I feel like at the time and 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 by the way, Heather, you talked about the characters being on on, on screen at the same time. You weren't sure about the four player mode. Um, I looked it up. The four player mode did have all four characters on screen at once. Holy shit. So, yeah, cool. you had to have. Yeah, you had to have the NES four score adapter, which was a thing I completely forgot about. I totally memory hold that there was a multi tap for the NES. Um, but if you did that, then yeah, you'd, you'd have all four players on screen at once. Can and you imagine? I, I imagine if if I was yeah, if I was a kid with three friends uh, in that in, in hypothetical, if I was a child with three <laughs> friends and we had this game and we had the multi tap, I would think that would be probably a blast to play. We probably have so much fun playing this shit. Yeah, even if you hated the game. Just mm-hmm. the novelty of four people playing simultaneously in NES times. I mean, like, was there like a hockey game or something that used that multi-tap shit? 
Like it would. I didn't. Been, I didn't have one, so I don't really remember what they. I mean, I certainly didn't have them. It, yeah. Either. Either thing. <laughs> Did the Turtles game ever get ported? Like, I know that's a four-player, right? Like, was they that... did port it, but I think it was just two-player. Two players. You, the, you couldn't the TMNT do four. one, right? Yeah, yeah right. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Some of the four the the games that ha- that supported it were there was NES play action football, so there was a football game, the Harlem Globetrotters game, hey. probably hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gauntlet Two. Hey, it's Smash TV. You could have some fun with it. We could have done it. What played Smash TV? No, I mean we could have used the the multi tap and and really given Freddie what for all 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 four of us together. Oh boy, can you imagine? He would have been that would have fucked. Been, Welcome that to my nightmare, me. bitch. That's what I would have said to him. <laughs> when your nightmare be be losing to Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> and not having friends. Good point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to give a shout out to the ending of this game, oh, where yes. there's a, a screen <laughs> after you after you throw all the wrenches in the fire, and Freddy dies. There's a screen that I think has a gravestone, if I'm remembering correctly. It does. That and there shown. is a very poetic. Uh, tech. There's po- like you. You expect in these the the, the the you expect in the NES era for the like post game the end writing to be kind of subpar sometimes in broken English, but this one is. So the evil is purged, fire purifies all, the bones are ashes, soon to be dust. Freddy trademark is dead <laughs> and the nightmare <laughs> is ended or has it right uh, a, a, a little a, a little forced right at the end there with the like or has it right the sort of the classic horror movie ending where they're like and tack on a dream sequence at the end where Freddy's alive or something just so we can right. you know, have a sequel um, my favorite was the I think it was Jason goes to hell where you see Jason's mask and then Freddy's glove reaches up and fucking grabs it and pulls it down into hell. It's really good. Wait, it's so- super cool. Yeah. It took what, 12 years to have Freddy versus Jason after that. Or it was, it was such right. a long wait. Yeah. Yeah. So well, wait, so in the end of an, a Jason movie, yes, Freddy's claw appears with no preamble. Yeah, I mean, there's always there always been kind of like the idea of like, what if these two, you know, uh, met up in some in 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 the same world? Like, what would that happen? And so they have a little nod to that. So it's like Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then they do right. They do. They they do ultimately have a Freddy versus Jason movie that comes out. Yes. Yeah. And it sucks or is good? It's it's fun, right? It's not hey. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's okay. uh, it's it's yeah. It's a weird it's more of a Freddy movie than a Jason movie, right. I would say. Right. It's because Fre- again, Freddy talks. The guy is domineering. Like it's yes. tough for Jason <laughs> to sort of match up to him in terms of charisma cuz Jason Jason's a quiet boy. He's he's you know, he's taciturn. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's, 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 it's a stupid. <laughs> uh, well, we should get to our final thoughts. 
On this week's Game of Nightmare on Elm Street, it's time for our review crew. Review crew! Bitch! <laughs> for a second, I thought you were McGruff the Crime Dog. And then only you! Then you brought it home. Stop taking drugs! <laughs> 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 um, yeah, something positive about this game and a numerical decimal rating, you know, it's it it, it reminded I didn't play this game as a kid, but it reminded me of a little bit of of a game that, that has a bigger scope and, and isn't nearly as challenging. Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest, where just like you are, some, you are just retrieving all of Dracula's body parts to, uh, you know, uh, to, to purge Dracula from this earth for all time. And uh, so it kind of reminded me, like, I, I, I like that it was like, hey, it's kind of this nonlinear game where you got to go around and collect Freddy's bones and ultimately dispose of them. I don't know. I guess I just kind of like the structure of this game when the 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 easier way would have been just to have like, hey, we've got level one, two, three, four, five in sequence and whatever. You're just going to go do a bunch of platforming and fighting and uh, fight Freddy at the end. I, I thought this was just like a like general uh, generally just like a more creative take on this franchise. And um you know, not maybe not super fun to play right now, but like kind of cool to mess around with for a little bit. So I don't know in the context of when this came out and and uh, uh, Rare's entire repertoire, I, I'll give this like a a six point This is a this is a nice even. This is a six point six six. How about that? Okay. Hey. Wow, that's Look you better out. be careful with that. That's some scary stuff you're you're dealing with there. You you can't say that number a bunch or I'll show up in your house. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Heather, what do you think? Well, I'll say this game was not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not enjoy it, um, but I did enjoy that you can punch a bee to death. Because when you consider what that would take, like not a slap, not an open hand slap, not a fly swatter, a punch, punching a fucking bee and it dies. That's a lot. And this is a regular teenager on all other fronts, like just like walking around, doing his stuff, avoiding rocks from the sky. This guy can punch a bat and a bee and they die. In the regular world, not in the dream yes. world. So I enjoy that. I love it. I love it when a game. I, here's what one of my favorite things in a video game is when it when it positions itself as taking place in the real world, and then gives you insane powers that if you really extrapolate from them, like you you build a a, a sort of worldview that is terrifying. So. Right. I give this game a 3.33 because I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't like looking at it and I've never seen the movie. So I didn't have any of that nostalgia. And also, you know, I'm really, I'm personally pissed off that they misled me with throwing bones in a fire and it not having come from anything. Matt Apodaca. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the positive thing for me is that I watched the movie. I, I, mm. I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, but positive thing for the game is because the enemies that you'll face change between the dream and the real world. Right. And like, 
they don't make sense. Kind of like and some of them do. Like the snakes kind of become like a bone snake. Like yeah. you're kind of like, okay, that makes sense. And then like the spider kind of just becomes like a scary face with legs. Like, like they're, they're, some of them are really f- like funny in that way to me. They're, then there are ghosts. They're like ghosts, and then they're like ghosts with arms. They're just like, okay, yeah. well, like this is like the same. <laughs> like, this is well, like, like I think. I think the zombies turn into skeletons, which for me is like a de-heightening. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd rather face a skeleton than a zombie. A hundred percent. Yeah, I can handle a skeleton. I know what to do. Just play those ribs like a xylophone. Uh, (laughs) Humiliate this fucker. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, overall, I mean, it's not like it's, it's, it's not exceptionally bad. It's not good either. So I'll give sure. this I'll give this a I'll give this a five just right down the middle. It's just it's kind of nothing. Fair score. David yeah. Sims, something positive. Your score for this game. Um, I very much like the, sc- the score. David Wise. I, I want to shout out Donkey Kong Country 3. That's in my 10 as well. I was just thinking wow. about that. Uh, I am a, an unabashed fan of three over one and two. Not that they're not. They're all good, which I think is a controversial opinion, but. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I uh, whatever. It's it's a matter for great debate. We I can't get we can't get deep into this right now. Um, <laughs> is, but, uh, is three where is three where Dixie Kong comes on the scene, or is that it's two? Dix, it's Dick. Well, Dixie arrives in two, but is the main uh, in three, and Baby Kong right. is her sidekick, and he's okay. in little footy pajamas. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, it's he, doing he a takes lot down for King it. K. Rool in footy pajamas. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, so but yeah, yeah, I just like I said, I like the ambition of the game. I like the sort of you know thinking behind the non-linear you know approach, and I like the coffee meter. I thought it was cool. I realized when it was it was like speeding up, not just if I took damage, but like if I stayed still, which yes. I thought was sort of a clever idea because like you got to keep moving to keep yourself awake like that. That right. made sense to mm. me. So mm. there were things like that that I liked, but I did find the game. It's not like it's janky. Like it's fine. You know, like the, the controls are fine, but it was just, I got sick of just dodging all those snakes constantly. I don't love a game where the enemies, you, you shouldn't even bother fighting them. Cause it's sort of like, no. eh, they're just going to come back. That always kind of bugs me. I guess I, I like it in like mega man or whatever, but like, you know, usually it kind of gets on my nerves and yeah, you know, I'd rather be Freddy. That would be better. I don't want to just be some teen who turns into a ninja. Being Freddy would be cooler. Mm, uh, so, cool. I don't know. I'll give it a 5.5. I'll, I'll sort of come between you guys. That well, was the go. prototype of the game, which oh, was, was that you were Freddy. And it was um, axed because probably the controversy it would have caused uh, to be Freddy right. killing right. teens. Right. I, I, my child is a, is a child murderer now. Come on. <laughs> what I assume. I don't know. Are you Jason in the Friday the 13th game? You are, aren't you? Or are you not? I don't remember. In, in the in the NES one, you are also teens and you get to choose your teen. In fact, right. you, cho- you choose a team of teens like a uh, Maniac Mansion style, I believe. Unless I'm misremembering it. So, right. So it's think- not cool to be a serial killer. I guess that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Although in the modern the modern Friday the Thirteenth you can play Jason, right? Now it's cool. Um, now he's cool. <laughs> hey, those were our thoughts, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We 
We've got reviews that we've collected from all over the internet. And if we had a positive take on this game, these will be negative reviews. And if they were, <laughs> and if we had a negative take on the game, these will be positive reviews. It's maybe we were wrong. And I've got some reviews. And I know, Nick, you said, let's just choose one review. But guess what? I've got a ton of them. And the wow. reason I've got a ton of them is because they're from Amazon and they're a single sentence each. Okay. So from Amazon, I've got five stars. Brilliant. One of the brilliant unsung heroes of NES. Once you catch the gist of the game, gameplay is unparalleled. Not least of which I play with Game Genie, Infinite Lives, and Super Jumps. This is the best four-player title on NES. Bring it on. So this person says, wow. this game, once you get the hang of it, unparalleled. That being said, I play with Infinite Lives and Super Jumps. Another, <laughs> another <laughs> review is five stars. Best game ever. Five stars. Great game. Bought this for my boyfriend for his birthday. He loves playing old video games from when he grew up. Thanks. And then finally, five stars. Game worked fine. <laughs> so often we find with these, it's it's just, you know, this is the game that I had when I was 11 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I had this game and I played it obsessively and I came to overlook its flaws and see it as this, you know, uh, uh, this this great game that endures in my memory. Um, and I think that ties in with this review I have from Game Facts uh, by uh, Shinnok XZ. The hell's wrong with you people? Don't deny it. You were afraid of Freddy Krueger. You know, the guy <laughs> who was killed by his neighbors because he murdered their children or something like that. Well, he comes back to haunt the remaining neighbors by entering their dreams and killing them there. Of course, the drawback to this is that they would perish altogether asleep or not. Yeah, me and my seven-year-old buds would play this game that uniquely featured delightful four-player support and spout off random bluttering such as, oh my gosh, did you see Scorpion for Mortal Kombat? He was on the screen helping me beat Freddy. Wow. Before, I assume that's a reference to switching into the Dream Warrior. Uh, before we knew it, the wonderful experience of playing through this game would be concluded. Finally, we would all subside to my backyard and claim that Freddy Cougar is hiding behind the old tool shed in the far corner of the yard. Everyone that gave this game an eight, or eight out of ten or below should be shot. Oh they God. never had a childhood. Me, okay. on the other hand, I was busy throwing basketballs blindly behind a shed, hoping I would hear the body of Freddy Cougar collapsing on the compost heap. The day would end with a purplish sunset and a rolling mountain foreground, and a new day would start where the adventure would begin yet again. Ten out of ten. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's strong. That's pretty strong. I don't know. He thinks, I yeah. mean, based on, based on that, this guy wants to shoot all of us. <laughs> yeah, we're dead. I changed my <laughs> score to an eight. <laughs> well, this is also like, it's just, it's just like, he's just remembering hanging out with his friends and how much fun he had. And he has a, an association with a game from that. By the way, that was three paragraphs pulled from like a, pulled from like a 20 paragraph review. Yeah. I, I saw that everybody that reviewed this on GameFAQs that everyone that reviewed it positively had a lot to say. Um, yes. uh, this one is from Aquamentis, uh, and the title is One, Two, Freddy's Coming for You. And they said a lot. They, you know, I had this as a kid. I got it for my birthday, whatever. But then they gave specific scores for each of these points. They gave graphics 6 out of 10, sound 7 out of 10, story 1 out of 10, gameplay 10 out of 10, replayability 8 out of 10, overall score 10 out of 10, which does not add up. 
based on the scores yes. that they gave. No, um, <laughs> not an average. And you're probably they say uh, you're probably like, what the heck? He gave Nightmare on Elm Street a ten. What the heck is he thinking? Well, despite what you may believe, I had tons of fun with the game when I was a kid, and still would have fun with it even today on a rare occurrences when a cool friend of mine might actually want to crank up the old Nintendo. So, if this cool friend comes over, he's gonna have the time of his life. It's fun when you're a kid to play games with your friends. That's, that's you know, hey, that's that's uh, that's where we're at. And we're all we're baffled by this because we didn't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what are the well, fuck are they David. talking about? <laughs> um, hey, uh, uh, that was maybe we're wrong. It's time for the question block. Ba-ding! All right. This one comes from at Taylor Chadwick on Twitter. And they write, have you ever had a game you're playing transcend into your dreams? Sometimes when I binge a game for too long, I dream that I can maneuver myself with a controller like the game that I'm playing. Control mm. produced some wild dreams for me. What, this is 100% happened to me. And then I wake up when I realize it was a dream, amazed by the human brain. <laughs> that like you, like, because I'm like, for me, a lot of it would, would be games that I would play up uh, to, uh, when I was up late at night and then go to bed right afterwards. And so like Diablo 2 was a big one for me, just binging on Diablo 2 and it was all I was thinking about. And then I'd play, be playing Diablo 2 or some version of Diablo 2 in my, in my head. You know, instead of a barbarian, it was like my third grade teacher or whatever. But I was still fucking playing the game. And I was just like, how is my brain, how is a brain able to simulate like an interactive video game that like I'm doing something with a controller or doing something with my mouse and keyboard and then seeing that happen on screen? Like, how is that able to uh, occur? But yeah, I don't know. I've, I've absolutely had games bleed into my dreams quite a bit. Heather, how about you? Uh, I remember playing Grand Theft Auto 3 for the first time mm-hmm. uh, back in the PlayStation 2 era. And playing it for so long that it became like I felt a sort of, for lack of a better word, like reality sickness. Like it, everything Mm. started Mm. to feel really weird because it was the first time that it that I felt like an approximation of running around in a city had been done on a console game, Mm -hmm. and then that feeling sort of prevailed in the evening, into my nighttime, into my dreams, where like being in the dream felt like playing Grand Theft Auto 3 in an unsettling, uh, uncanny valley way. But it wasn't like the mechanics of the game leaped into the dream. It was just it was that feeling of like everything, everything is unreal now um, and is only going to get more unreal. How about you, Apodaca? What do you got? This happened to me, like, specifically when I was a little kid um, for the Spider-Man game for PlayStation 1. came out mm. August 2020, so I was still, I was nine years old when this game was out. And I'm sorry, the, you, were, you were nine years old August 2020? Is that what you just oh, said? Oh, no, so I'm sorry. No, August year 2000. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, now I was mm. not, no, I... I wasn't nine in the year 2020. I think Matt last year. I think year. Matt might be 10 years old. <laughs> no, no. I, I, that's not, it's not true. I, I what, what do you got under that trench coat there? Is there <laughs> another certainly, kid? Certainly not two more kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but yeah, and so in August 2000, I was nine, and playing a game like that that wasn't, because I was already playing like Game Boy games, playing a Spider, yeah. that Spider-Man game was sort of a big jump forward for me, like in terms of like types of games I would play. So I was stuck on like the tutorial level of that game for days, because I just couldn't figure out mechanically what I was supposed to do. There's a sequence right. in the be- at the end of that stage in that first game, and I remember it so vividly. You're they're blowing up this bank and like everybody's there, you know, there are bad guys in the bank and stuff. And, uh, you have to get everybody out and, uh, you have to make sure that the bomb doesn't go off or it goes off safely and doesn't hurt anybody or destroy the building. The bomb kept exploding. I kept getting it in the safe and I didn't know what to do. And I had a dream about it and I was like, Oh, you have to close the safe. And that's all it was. But in the dream, I was like, Oh, if I close the safe, that probably would, dull the impact of the explosion and wouldn't ruin the entire building. I was thinking about it in my dream and I woke up immediately. It was probably like four in the morning. I was like, I got to do that right now. And I did it. And then I went back to sleep and it was, that's amazing. I was just like, I felt so satisfied that my wow. dream helped me. Wow. Your, your subconscious went to work on it yeah. and then delivered it. The, the answer to you in dream form. Exactly. That's amazing. Sort of like a helpful Freddy. <laughs> nice Freddy. <laughs> right. Um, uh, David Sims, you ever have a, a game you're playing bleed into your dreams? The, the embarrassing answer is that it's like phone games. Like, I'm sure oh, wow. real mm. games have done that. But like, if I am like playing some phone game, like Triple Town, like some like dumb puzzle game where I just like, you know, poke bears and they turn into treasure chests. I, like and I play that for too long, like bef- before bed. Then I like see it in my dreams, and it, it's that's when I, that's usually when I know to 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 stop to to put the game away. I wish I had a cooler answer. I swear I must have dreamed at cooler games at some point in my life, but all I can think of is like snood, you know. <laughs> yeah, that well, there is something about because I've definitely had I've definitely had puzzle games I've been playing, you know, like Tetris or Pagel or whatever. Like, and that's and the, the, there's something about a very simple puzzle game that I think because the action is so you know it, it it's just so limited in terms of what you're doing, and it's all that you're looking at, and it's all that you're thinking about. That yeah, that specific thing comes. I, I've I've 100 experienced that. Um, how do you how do you pick which mo- which phone games to play? Do you just uh see the ad that is like uh uh no. you know the temptress awaits you or yeah. whatever well, well well that sounds pretty good actually it sounds kind of tempting so maybe all those, all those horny ass ads that for, for mobile games and, and like i'm sure just those like games are like old guys playable like yes, in yeah. my head they heard like the buggiest like and like i do i'm sure you guys have all thought this is like the hackiest rant but like you know those games where it's like you know save the landlord from the pipe bursting on him and they yes. show you it going wrong because they want you to be like well i know what to do i should right, play right. the game it's so infuriating but anyway no i usually wait for someone to tell me like hey i just did six months of of you know this dumb puzzle game like you need to check imbroglio is a game i was very into if anyone's ever okay heard of imbroglio at me uh let's let's, sh- let's share horror stories of playing imbroglio for half a year it's a, one of the best puzzle games i've ever played on the iphone imbroglio imbroglio check it out. so good uh, the game I was thinking of specifically was, uh, I think, uh, Ebony. I think so. I don't know, you guys have probably seen Ebony ads, but they're all like, uh, you know, you know, save your lover, play now, my lord, and it's some <laughs> busty woman in like a medieval bikini. But the actual game is just like, it's just like a medieval Farmville. 
there's nothing right. lascivious in the game at all. It's just yeah. all like a fucking, it's just a honey trap. Mm. Honey pot? Honey pot? Now that delivers know. on the goods from what I understand. The honey pot game? Yeah. Yeah, you get exactly what you're expecting. <laughs> <laughs> right. you honey. honey from a pot. I hit a... <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest has been David Sims. I forgot to ask you, Sims, uh, before you go, and, and I, hmm. I do want you to plug what you want to plug, and everyone should check out the Blank Check podcast. Uh, I'm a regular listener. Great show uh, with you and Griffin Newman. A, a great film podcast. Um, but I, I did want to ask you, as a man with a last name Sims, how did you mm-hmm. feel when The Sims released? <sighs> wow. I thought we weren't going to get talk about this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, you know, uh, a lot of people when I was uh, 12 years old or however old I was yeah. when The Sims came out, I liked The Sims and I played The Sims when it came out. Yeah. Which just they didn't even have a joke. They would just sort of right. be like, The Sims. Like, you know, like that would usually be the extent of it. Like you're like the Sims, like yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I hear it. I used to hear it a lot. I don't hear it as much anymore, I suppose. But yeah, right. the Sims. My name is well, Sims with one M, like the Sims. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. I got. Uh, thank I, thank I, you for I, saying nice things about my show, though. That that was really nice. Check that out. Anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, no, the Atlantic, I, I review movies, uh, for the Atlantic.com. Uh, so you can always read those and listen to my podcast. And I always threaten to do a video game podcast and maybe I'll do it one day. Who knows? I don't know. Wow. I do love video games, but God, more work. These, these things are hard <laughs> to make guys. It's a lot of work. Yeah. The, um, I'll also say as someone with a video game podcast, there's like, it's, there's so much work that goes into play. Like it's, it's like, you gotta play these games. Yeah. You gotta play these games. Yeah. Yeah. If we could give you any advice, it's don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, please. This was wonderful. I love this show. And, uh, you guys are amazing. And thank you for having me. Uh, God bless you. Thanks, David. And Hey, Matt, let us know what's next week's game. Next week's game. The seventh guest. Go to hell, everyone. Go to hell, bucket. Edge of <laughs> a pit to hell? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? What the? How, why is it always this? <laughs>